Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano. If you're new to the program or hearing us for the first time, I am a man who has never been paid by Fonnie Willis, nor have I ever had an adulterous affair with her, So, which is more than can be said for other prominent, formerly prominent attorneys in the state of Georgia. When, you know, one of the issues that we've covered before, which I'm so interested in, is the issue of peanut allergies. Okay. We, when I was growing up, it was not unusual to bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to school. It was also not unusual that uh, if you bought your lunch and you didn't like any of the hot lunch options, that you could buy a peanut butter and jelly sandwich as an alternative to whatever they were serving uh, at school every day. It was normal. It was not unusual when it came to uh, Halloween in our classroom, in our classrooms, to have you know chocolate bars with peanuts in them. Try that in school today. My son is in preschool. He cannot take anything with peanuts in it to school. Because so many children these days have these peanut allergies. And we've covered this and we've explored the different theories as to why. And I think there's a lot of validity to many of them. So, and by the way, we're interviewing, went to an open house for another preschool that he's applying for, for next year. And that's a nut-free facility. Same deal. They don't allow peanuts, any child, to bring in peanuts. But the staff at that preschool that we uh, that we interviewed at is still trained to use an EpiPen in case a peanut sneaks in somehow they, and a kid has an allergic reaction. They still can administer the EpiPen to make sure this child doesn't have, you know, a severe allergic reaction. Well, there is a really interesting case that I want to bring to your attention from the Lone Star State, the state of... Texas. And it has to do 
with Shauna Manon's teenage son, Carter. Carter is seriously allergic to peanuts. He's a uh, a student athlete. And during one of Carter's first football games as a varsity player at Lake Travis High School in Texas, his mom got a call from another pl- uh, from another parent who told her some of his teen- teammates put peanuts in his locker. Understand what went on. Some of this kid's teammates on the football team put peanuts into his locker knowing that he's allergic. Now, the children that were responsible were disciplined, but the mom, Miss Manon, thought it didn't go far enough, and she has filed complaints. Now, they discovered, he when he was a baby, his parents discovered that he was allergic to peanuts. Now that he's a teenager, he doesn't leave his house without AirPods and an EpiPen in his pocket. His mom carries multiple EpiPens in her purse, and she says he would have minutes to react if the dust and oils from the nuts came in contact with his mouth or his eyes. And so, he, you know, this, despite what, you know, so the, the kids in the locker room knew that he was allergic and they put it in the locker. Here was uh, Shauna Manon explaining her son's allergy. Just absolute disappointment. I, I kind of, my heart kind of sank at that point because in their policy clearly states that um, when there's a school issue, the school handles it. And the secondary discipline comes from the extracurricular activities. And it was like one thing after another. Um, I mean, someone put a peanut butter granola bar in his backpack while he was in the locker room. And um, really, we never figured out who that was. Really, yeah. I mean, just it's just every day was something. I call it bullying. I don't know what else to call it. So they're saying this is a case of peanut bullying. That audio, by the way, courtesy of KXAN in Austin. And despite what happened in the locker room, he played in the game. Carter played in the game. After what he told his mom about how peanuts fell from his jersey hanging in his locker, he told her how quickly he went to wash his hands before touching his face and how hives had already started to crawl up his arms. She said she could still see the hives as he told her the story. And basically, the mom says the hardest part was, and there's an article about this in The Hill, was that it was his teammate. You know, you have this brotherhood in football, and it was disappointing that it was his teammate. She later found out his teammates knew about the severity of his allergy before filling his locker. So, what happens? More than a month later, the mom, Miss Manon, stood before the Lake Travis School Board in November. She was livid. The kids responsible were disciplined, but she expected it to be on a different level. They were benched from some football games, and she was told the district athletic director and head football coach were determining the discipline. The district said it worked with other law enforcement agencies and consulted the assistant district attorney's office, but ultimately the school district's police department decided criminal charges were not warranted what do you think do you think this was criminal they were benched from some football games they were disciplined in school should there have been criminal charges 800-848-9222 this kid could have died and they knew this they knew this and they still put peanuts in his locker 
I, maybe this is viewing life differently from, you know, being a, a high schooler that used to be involved in a lot of hijinks to being a parent, you know, thankfully, not that I'm aware of, at least that we're aware of, my son has no allergies. But I, if this were my child, I would be as livid as, as Miss Manon is. So she told uh, the school board, these boys were handed minimal consequences. Since, then, since this incident, my son has faced backlash and retaliation almost daily. So after the first incident, Madden said her son found a peanut butter granola bar in his locker. The district admits it did not open a bullying investigation until after she spoke in front of the school board. When it concluded, school officials decided what happened to Madden's son was not bullying. Now, I honestly don't understand how they draw that conclusion. As far as I'm concerned, it absolutely is bullying. What do you think? 800-848-9222. The district said it determined the legal elements of bullying were not met. The Texas Education Code defines bullying as an act or pattern of acts that physically harms a student or materially disrupts the educational process. The mom says, I don't know what else to call it. You heard her. And uh, now there's politicians involved. State Senator Jose Menendez um, has, you know, for years, Menendez has successfully passed legislation to give districts more power to investigate bullying in schools, including definitions of cyberbullying and things of that nature. And the politician, Mr. Menendez, says that's not that not enough is happening that they report it. The report gets created, but they still don't see the discipline in some cases. So I think this is a really interesting case. And I think with more and more kids suffering from these peanut allergies and kind of the boys be will be boys nature of high school sports, I suspect we may see more examples of this in the future. But as far as I'm concerned, I think this is definitely bullying. And I think this may be criminal. What do you think? 800-848-9222. 9222 Let me say hello to um, Mike in New Jersey. Hello, Mike. Good morning, Frank. Frank, uh, uh, I agree with you. It is bullying. Um, and I, I did call to talk to you about your flag problem. Sure. You, you give me a, give me a quick, uh, quick minute on that, then. Okay, so the guy with the hooks, the cup hooks, has the right idea. Keep it simple. Get yourself a a hammer and a sharp nail. Now, the flags usually come with grommets on either end. That's how you attach it to a flag. Those are the holes? Yes. Yeah, okay. And they're reinforced so they don't tear through the material. Find a space where you want them. Make a small starter hole with the nail. Okay, screw the cup hook in. Hang one end. Stretch it across. Mark where the second hole is, put a small hole, you know, starter hole, screw the cup hook in, hang the, hang the flag, and then go on to the next so one. So cup you hooks, know, that's, the, that's yeah. the way to go. Okay. That's... Very inexpensive, maybe a couple bucks for a pack of six or so. And um, that's the easiest way to do it. You can take them down when you want, just unhook them and wash them. Now, if the hook is a little bit open, you can take a pair of pliers and close it up a little bit. They bend pretty easily, usually made out of brass, so... Uh, That sounds relatively simple that even I can pull off. Thank you, Mike. 800-848-9222. Original Rick is in Original Jersey. Hi. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Morning. Uh, 
very, very quickly, uh, and, and this sounds extreme, which I'm not usually, but I think these kids, since they knew the situation and knew what the outcome could be, they should be either charged with attempted murder or grave indifference to human life. Yeah, man, I don't know the local codes, you know, what constitutes what over there. But I, you know, maybe I wouldn't go so far as attempted murder, but I do think there's a strong case to be made that there should have been some criminal charges here. It seems like these kids got off with a slap on the wrist. Well, they should. she should have a good lawyer and sue the hell out of the school so that they make it well known to every teacher and coach and everything that this will not be tolerated. If anybody does any kind of this bullying, they're gone. They're gone forever from the sports, from the school, everything. And let, let them know that there are going to be consequences. Just where nothing happened to them, what are these kids going to do it again? Well, and, and forgetting about these kids, uh, and that's why I made the point about so many kids suffering from peanut allergies these days. I could see this going on in locker rooms where hazing is prevalent all over the country. All over the yeah, country. That's my, that's my point. Like, make it right. known to everybody, not just at school, but everybody. This is not going to be tolerated. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Rick. Uh, well, maybe not on attempted murder, but on criminal charges, I am. Um, I totally agree. Hey, by the way, I just have to mention this because I can't let the week finish without bringing this up. Actor Johnny Depp, who, let's face it, is a great actor, but like a lot of great actors, is a little bit of a weird guy. Actor Johnny Depp and Saudi Arabian prince, the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, have, at least according to Vanity Fair, have developed a bromance like no other. This is a bad guy, not uh, Mohammed bin Salman. The, the Saudi government is evil, as far as I'm concerned. Do we have to do business with them because of the transactional nature of the economy and politics and terrorism and energy markets? Sure. These are not good people. And Johnny Depp has spent more than seven weeks of the past year in Saudi Arabia. Seven weeks in Saudi Arabia, where he stayed in royal palaces and developed such a genuine connection with the crown prince that he's now considering a deal to promote Saudi Arabian culture. I mean, this this guy's going to be the pitch man for Saudi Arabia. They met through Bin Salman's cousin, the country's culture minister, who invested millions in a movie Depp filmed in 2022. Saudi Arabia has poured billions in entertainment, spanning sports, gaming, and music festivals. But critics say... It's going. It's doing so to distract from its human rights record, including a crackdown on LGBTQ plus rights. Of course, of course, that's what they're doing. This is, you know, we've talked about sports washing. How they're buying all these sports leagues to gain mainstream acceptability. This is movie washing. They're buying movie stars and funding movies. This is very problematic because I fear that you might um, see more movie stars purchased by the Saudis. Here's Johnny Depp praising uh, the emerging film landscape in Saudi Arabia at the Red Sea International Film Festival. And I believe that what, what's happening here in, in Saudi um, with regards to uh, various sort of uh, 
expressive outlets, creative outlets, you know, art, um, um, cinema, um, everything is, is opening up sort of beautifully. Um, I, 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 and also in, in that sense, opening up, like, uh, giving more opportunity to, uh, to anyone and everyone <clears throat> um, who have something to say. And what also seems to be really thriving beautifully here, beautifully, is, is the youth culture. You know? Because it is a fascinating culture. You know, <laughs> listening to that, when I, I, years ago, maybe about four years ago, I was doing a show on the weekends on uh, WABC in New York, and I did an interview with Tom Green. And uh, Tom Green, the comedian, former talk show host, he does a podcast now, which, you know, is very funny. And so John Batchelor, who's another talk show host, was here at the time. And John's listening to this interview, and I, I think it was pre-recorded. And I finished taping the interview, and John Batchelor just turns to me and says, what a strange person. Listening to Johnny Depp give that kind of endorsement to what's going on in Saudi Arabia and the way that he says it, I have those John Batchelor words uh, running, running through my head. What a strange person. All right, 800-848-9222. Lidor is calling from Las Vegas, listening on K-Dawn. Lidor, thanks for calling in. We're really honored to be on in, K on, uh, in Vegas and, and airing on K-Dawn. Hi. Yes. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to have me on the show. Um, it's actually my first time listening, listening, listening to the show. And I found a little bit of interest on in what you were talking about regarding the kids and the, and the peanuts and what they did. And I sort of have an answer uh, on what I would personally suggest or what I, I feel like what would happen or should happen, considering that I'm at UNLV. I'm a student. I'm in journalism school and hmm. currently in a class called First Amendment in Society. and uh, you know, I think this is an excellent discussion for next week. I'll probably bring it up in class. Oh, great. Well, that... if you email me, I'll send you the article um, and, you know, oh, yeah, if no, you need it's, it. It's, it's very it's very fascinating and it's such an odd situation, but it's something that's so obviously possible and it's so sad. But what I would really think, though, is this is really in the hands of the parents. Right. And I, I know I know that they're just kids and it's things that they have to be taught and learned. And obviously we can look at it from a standpoint where it's a joke and whatnot. But the parents needs to think and to consider um obviously you can approach the parents and, and and if you were to open a case about this you can call this malice you can call this uh like a form of defamation or, or or you know libel kind of in a sense where it's like where they purposely knew that this was going on they they, they not that the school knew but that the kids themselves knew that and it it took them quite some time for the school to really respond in this action it, it, like you told us in the your explanation that um that the school really didn't really take this as serious as they should to maybe even prevent it or to and it's tough to prevent all situations because like things can sneak in sure but the point is is that the parents can sue the parents uh, because of the age of that they are, the parents should be taking responsibility for like, you know, I guess you can blame them for how they raise their kids. It's not really anyone's business. But the point is, is that their kid almost died here. So you can 
you can sue on the premise of malice here. I, I really believe that this is what would happen here. And I think that that's what really would win the case if there is one, which I think there should be. Because, you know, if you come home and your kid is not alive because of what other kids are doing, that is that is attempted murder. And unfortunately, like regardless of the age, um, I think that that should be taken seriously, even if even as a joke. But like, it's just not acceptable. But the, the parents can sue on the premise of malice alone, I think, uh, with the other parents or the school. Um, for not even taking her, you know, she went to the school board meetings. They, it, it was a difficult, she had to preach this just for them to consider it. And I think that that's very not okay. And, you, uh, and I you, personally love peanuts. I, I love peanut butter. Well, same, but same. Sorry Me, too. Me too. Me <laughs> too. <You know? laughs> um, no, I eat peanuts. I just, uh, during the break, I gobbled uh, a handful of peanut M&Ms. I, I agree. And oh, yeah, um, those are the best, man. Yeah, Lidor, you would agree at the very least that this fits the textbook definition of bullying, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. The kids, you know, they knew about it. They laughed at it. They're having a good laugh. It's like, you know, kids will be kids, but it is a form of bullying. It's a form of disrespect to a, another person. Uh, you know, the kid is basically fearing, considering that they found a granola bar. The, the, the lady, the mom said herself, right. that she found a granola bar, the backpack. This was happening for a while. The kid is potentially fearing from his life to go to school, you know, and that's not what a school environment, a school environment should be. Respectfully, I think that that's just like a kid should feel comfortable, exactly, or at, at the very least safe. You shouldn't feel in danger yeah. of your life. Absolutely, right. Hey, so, Lidor, go ahead. Yes, sir. No, finish yes, it. No, I just, I, I came, I came from a school that was uh we had it to a certain point where they would let us have peanut butter sandwiches i love those days I, I know what it's like and then all of a sudden midway through high school they totally cut it off and it was something very hard for me to really like oh, take in because I, I can imagine my sandwiches but but i really understood that there were kids that if they breathe this they can die and i right. have to be a little bit considerate here you know and it's a place for everybody and that's why schools are public schools are so uh, wide in diversity, and it's not just religion, race, but it's also of like what your conditions are, and we have to take that into consideration too. And I think that the mom here has a case. Um, you just got to have a good lawyer for it. I think it's a very valid case, though. I think so. Yeah, I think you might be right. Hey, Lidor, I appreciate you listening. I hope you'll make a habit of listening. I hope you call again. Are you usually yeah, awake no, at this time? Uh, no. Well. I try to be better with my sleep, but it's it's one thirty over here. But I'm, I think I'm going to try to get some rest in now. But I found your show very interesting. It's my first time listening, and I appreciate you for having me. Well, welcome. Well, spread you. spread the word with us uh, out and spread the word for us with everybody out there in Vegas. Okay. Sure. Yeah, you got it, man. Thank Th you. Thank you. And if uh, you ever want to catch up on the podcast, just search "The Other Side of Midnight" on any podcast app, and you can hit the subscribe button and listen to. Any portion of the show that may occur while you're asleep. David in the Bronx, what do you think about all this? Uh, yes, good morning, Frank. Um, as far as this uh, peanut situation, it clearly is bullying. And in my mind, this is as close to attempted murder as you could get because, I mean, obviously they know that this could be fatal and there needs to be tougher consequences. You can't just slap this on the wrist. But I do have a concern by pushing this, the mother could actually be making her son uh, a bigger target for even more harassment because you know how kids are. Unless there is severe punishment, this es situation will escalate, and it seems that it already is. Um, so I wonder what they're going to do about it because it seems to me that it, it, there's been more incidents since this first happened, and the school apparently hasn't done enough because it's still happening to this kid. And I mean, this is the same as like putting a, a firecracker in his locker or, or a, a bomb or, or killer bees or something. I mean, 
how far can does this go before it becomes an actual crime? Yeah, I, that's I why. Say, um, yeah, yeah, about Johnny I, Depp. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I'll just um, say that's why I was so surprised that the school board launched an investigation. And, and unless there's an aspect of this that's not being reported in any of the stories about this, which I don't think there is, the, and they determined that it didn't fit the definition of bullying. If this isn't bullying, I don't know what is. Right, exactly. Because making someone feel unsafe or harassing someone, that's bullying. Seriously. Well, I've been bullied, so I know what bullying is. I know it when I hear it, as they say. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to say on, about Johnny no. Depp? Go ahead. Yeah. All right. You know, they, the Saudis, or Saudi as he called it, which tells me he's being paid, they pay people to say stuff like this. I don't believe any of this is sincere. He sounded like he was reading off of a script. <laughs> he didn't sound convincing at all. I mean, it sounded like one of those hostage videos. And, you know, they do this. They, they recruit rock stars. They recruit politicians. I mean, they even pay to – I know you're not going to like this. I mean, they even give money to Donald Trump, but through his golf courses. The Saudis are spreading money around like no tomorrow because they know that they've done horrible things. But they want to make people think that they're like good guys when they're really not. And stars should be um, penalized for doing this. They should be not bo- well boycotted. I wouldn't watch a Johnny Depp movie if I could see because he's promoting people that are basically the enemies of the United States. They're not our friends. Well, uh, that's but, one of the worst myths that's being pushed out there. Uh, David, I, I mean, I, 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 I agree with you completely. And you, you, when you talk about the Trump comparison, you say, I'm not going to like this. I, I think that's an important thing for people to keep in mind because, the, it, you know, it's just so amazing to me that whoever the president is, Democrat, Republican, old, young, black, white, the one thing they all have in common is they all bend over backwards to do the bidding of the Saudis. What was the only piece of legislation that Obama vetoed that was overturned by Congress? It was to protect the Saudis. And they all do it. They all do it. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, I'm glad you pointed that out because it's not, but it's not just Trump. It's everybody. And it, it, it's not just sports. It's not just Hollywood. It's music. They are trying to buy their way to credibility. And, I mean, even the fellow they killed, Jamal Khashoggi, why do you think that's not a bigger deal? Because they paid his family millions, millions, to make it go away. 800-848-9222. Jimmy is in Queens. Jimmy, what do you think about all this? Hey, Frank. Let me give you a ringing endorsement. There's nothing else on the air right now, so I'm listening. I'll take it. Believe me. Default, as uh, as Homer Simpson said, <laughs> default are the two best words in the English language. <laughs> All right. So, look, putting aside the bullying, which is obvious in this peanut story, and it's clear those kids were bullying. It was intentional. They thought it would be funny. They didn't think it would get out of hand. Maybe. We don't know. Lots to learn in this situation. I have a bigger question. Where do we draw the line with allergies? Imagine I had a kid that was allergic to corn and all of its products. Does that then become the, the onus of everyone around us to I, avoid corn syrup? You know, Jimmy, corn- I, I agree with you, and I've done these, these peanut allergy hours before, and I think it's a real shame that peanuts are banned from schools. But where we draw the line is with, with prevalence and with commonality, right? If you had... Two, three, five percent of the student population that was allergic to corn, 
then you would see corn bands in, in schools as well. It, the fact that so many kids have these severe peanut allergies, uh, that's why they take these extreme these extreme steps. You know, look, I wish I could send my son to school with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But uh, unfortunately, I get where the school is coming from, that these peanut articles uh, get these peanut particles get into the air and then it becomes a a big deal for sometimes multiple children. So it's due to the prevalence. You know, it's a lot like how do you decide when to give kids the day off for a holiday? Up until a year ago, kids didn't have Diwali uh, off for school. Up until uh, two years ago, they didn't have Lunar New Year. The only reason those kids get uh, that, that day off now, or all kids, is because they've gotten to a point where a critical mass of the student population celebrates them. And uh, that's kind of how it is for allergies. I don't like it any more than you do, though, Jimmy. Right. Um, until we run out of days to give away in the calendar. Oh, right? well, we're, we're already uh, we're already getting there. There's now a movement to give kids the day off for St. Patrick's Day. Don't get me started on that. 800-848-9222. No, well, let me get to Joel first, because Joel has been patiently holding. And uh, let me see what uh, what he wanted to add. Joel, I know uh, you've been holding a while. Hi. Hi. Hi, Frank. Um, a couple things. Um, first, the uh, as far as the bullying situation goes, I think the answer for that is to install policies in the school that, like a no uh, exception policy, that the first offense that it's taken, that the person will be expelled, and then up on top of that, there will, they will uh, face juvenile charges if it's a serious charge. If somebody's actually hurt, they may actually face criminal adult charges as an adult. I mean, make it really, really hard-nosed. And the harder you make it, the more people are going to get it, and they're not going to do that sort of thing. They will learn very, very quickly. And part two is your flag thing. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard everything that everybody else has put out there, but consider this. The mass of the flag that you're putting up there is very light. And I've heard things like Velcro and commands and things like that. How are you going to attach that to a flight? It doesn't make sense. If you put it on the beam, it's not going to be against the wall. If you're pounding into the wall with, with nails, you can do it, but you'll need to use what's called masonry nails to go in there because they have their, their nails that will not bend. But easier than that, and the lowest tech way I think that you can do this, is go to Home Depot, get some crazy glue, Get some small metal plates. They they sell these small little metal uh, mending plates or, you know, little small square plates. Paint those same color as your wall so it blends in. Take the crazy glue. Make sure the wall is clean. Apply it to the wall. You only have to hold it for about a minute or two, and then it's firmly attached. At that point, you let it sit for an hour, and then it will be stable. So you put up... If you're doing it hanging a long way, you only only need two or three. If you're hanging it the wide way, you need maybe about five of these. And then they have these. these Joe, we lost you for a second. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Uh, Attach neodymium magnets to the the metal mending plates that are against the wall. And that's it. And then you can take them down and put them up as needed. And they will definitely hold because you don't need a whole lot of, of holding power for a flag. Okay. Hey, uh, thank you for that, Joel. I appreciate that. Everybody else will try and get to you after we speak with Noam Layden. And at the very least, you'll have an opportunity to be heard during 15 Seconds of Fame straight ahead. 
The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Singing Call Me Maybe, a birthday bumper music request from uh, Danielle Johnson. This is her anthem. This is her personal anthem. And, uh, you know, I first heard this song when, uh, maybe about 10 years ago, when Colin Powell sang it on um, the CBS early show with Gail King. And it's a very funny video. You can still see it on the YouTube and then, you know, I heard the actual song, and it was, it was pretty catchy, I must say. All right, somebody whose news rifts are always quite catchy has just sauntered into the studio. Stand by for the other side of Midnight's News. From New York City, the other side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. Hello, Noam. Good morning, Frank. I don't have to tell you that we are a sports-obsessed nation. We love to watch live-action sports. And Pickleball, of course, being one of the more recent ones that more and more people are playing. 
And that one, you know, that's still a sport you're playing. You know, Absolutely. Like short court tennis, or it's like, I always say it's like standing on a ping pong table. Right. That's kind Which of Which is why I like, like it, because I'm a ping pong fan. Yeah, me too. By the way, I want to take part in your ping pong tournament, I, if I well, can. Well, I've extended a number of invitations you to you over the last uh, couple of years. I will happily do so again. Well, you were talking about that earlier. I'm one of those right. people who's, you know, sitting at home not doing a whole right. lot that's of communicating right. with that's people. That's right. You're part <laughs> yeah, of the problem. So, yeah. Uh, so... This one, though, is cornhole a sport? You know, this is so interesting. I <laughs> I know they carry it on ESPN and stuff like that. My neighbor plays competitive cornhole. He's really so dedicated. He plays twice a week, drives to different states to play. My brother-in-law, Josh, <clears throat> there are two things that frustrate me in life. One is my brother-in-law, Josh, is the best cornhole player I've ever seen. And he won't participate in any of these leagues or anything when, I will tell you, he would dominate. Really? And the other thing that's frustrating to me is my stepmother, Liz, won't try out for Jeopardy. And she is so good, she could get on that She'd show. win. Well, she, I don't know if she'd win. She could get on the show. Yeah. Because it depends on the categories. Well, cornhole, if you don't know, because a lot of people don't know what it is, it's essentially beanbag toss. Right, that's exactly, <laughs> it's the same thing, right? You've seen it at a bar. If you go to bars, they have them lots of time outside bars in the warm weather where you're sitting out of 10, 15 feet away and you have to toss a beanbag into a hole on a piece of wood on the other side. So uh, you might find this amazing. This week, we found out that a pair of Colorado high school students have made history be- becoming the first players to earn Almost full scholarships to college to play cornhole. Wow. I didn't even know colleges had cornhole teams. It's not officially sanctioned just yet by the NCAA, but they think they're just a couple years away. So Winthrop University is now offering scholarships to students around the country who play cornhole. They found these two players who went to the same high school. And uh, it's in uh, Winthrop, by the way, is in South Carolina. These two... Um, 17 and 16 years old, played on the baseball team. The other one played on the basketball team. But they said when they realized there might be scholarships available for cornhole, and there's a number of universities doing this now, they said, let's switch over. And they've become expert cornhole players. Wow. So they will go next year to Winthrop University, this tiny school in South Carolina, and they will play on the cornhole team, and their studies will essentially be paid for. Now, they gave up. Sports that were physical, baseball, basketball, to do a cornhole, which I, I know people will get, maybe someone will get upset at me for this, but it doesn't seem like a lot of physicality involved in cornhole. That's true, but there is a lot of skill involved, right? I, I don't, I, you don't I just so? don't get it, no. Do you play? I've played it, and you know, you drink a beer and you throw a beanbag towards a hole. There's not a whole lot now, involved. The, the in people it. that are good, you gotta, you gotta. I may invite you to the uh, the Morano barbecue this summer, and, and I probably won't show up to that. Yeah, either. you won't, right? Yeah. But but um, well, I'm gonna show you some really good cornhole players because it, playing with them versus an amateur, it's it's different. It's oh, different. Well, Winthrop, by the way, wants to be a powerhouse in the sport, and they feel like if they start early before the NCAA sanctions the sport, uh, they will be. And they think it's just a couple years away until it becomes an official sport. And there's other schools that are already playing it, so those schools will play each other next year. And these two, these phenoms, will get their tuition paid for <laughs> for playing for cornhole. Them. The, what what is the what cornhole grip do you use on the beanbag? You know, you? I, I don't think it really matters. I it's just alternate. a beanbag, and you're throwing it no, into a I, hole. I, I don't so know. I mean, the, just, the pros say it does. Yeah, that's okay. But you mentioned pickleball. When I watch, you ever watch pickleball on yes. ESPN? I played pickleball maybe thrice in my life. Right. 
I watch the players, and I'm sure this is not the case, but I watch the players on ESPN. I feel like I'm almost as good as yeah. any of the players you that are. are on there. It really does look yeah. at like like anybody can do it. Yeah. I, I, that's how I feel about cornhole, by the way, as well, is, is anybody can do it. And the fact that these two kids are getting their schools paid for, good for them. Absolutely. Congratulations. Absolutely. The Apple Vision Pro, have you had a chance to try this out yet? Are these the headsets? These are the headsets that Apple was selling for $3,500. <laughs> and all kinds of problems now. We are hearing word of people sending these back. You have a 14-day window when you buy it from Apple to return this headset that they said was going to be the headset of all headsets. Now, Meta... Facebook. Oh yeah, I know. Had the headset. I bought it for my kids. You they, did? Yeah, and they played with it, you know, twenty six times, and they got bored. It's not that interesting. But this one apparently was supposed to take it to the next level. But we're hearing of all kinds of people returning it. These VR headsets are causing headaches, a uh, dizziness. And uh, people say after using it a couple times, they can't get past it. They say they've used other headsets, have not had motion sickness or anything like that. But these headsets apparently making them feel that way. And if they're in that 14-day window, Apple will take it back. Um, but lots of people going past that 14-day because they don't know exactly what the warranty is on it and now want to return it. Now, some Apple stores apparently have been taking it back and willing to do so. Others mm. have said no. But interesting that uh, they say migraines, dizziness, eye vision, uh, psychological conditions, inner ear conditions, dry eyes, all from using these new Apple headsets. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. It's crazy. Uh, Dalton, Illinois. You ever heard of Dalton, Illinois? Never. Probably not. It's a tiny little town. Dalton, Illinois, uh, a couple years ago, bought a bunch of police cars, and uh, they're not a wealthy town, so they had to finance them. Well, fast forward to today, and it's very possible before we go off the air this morning that all the police cars in Dalton, Illinois, will be repossessed by the bank. Oh, my. Because they are so financially unstable in Dalton, they haven't been making payments. In fact, apparently they have not made a payment in nine months now, nine months, usually they repossess your car after, I don't know, three or four months, right, if you don't make that monthly nugget. But uh, I guess for whatever reason, they gave Dalton some time to do so. So there are 13 vehicles in all. Most of them are police cars. The Bank of Kansas, Kansas uh, State Bank, which financed these cars for the Dalton Police Force, says by the end of the day, if they don't get the cash, the police cars are theirs. You can imagine a police force not having police cars. That's not a good thing. It's not clear that Dalton has the money to give to the bank. So uh, they were trying to make some financial arrangements, uh, doing some loans, that kind of thing. Not clear that they're going to be able to do it by the end of the day. Oof. Wow. I mean, that's a real unlucky break. That is. Uh, Terrible. Uh, one more? Sure. Because I had all these stories we never got to this week. <laughs> this, uh, this is something you and I would do. I'll, well, I'll say me, but you'll probably do this too. So this man in Australia this week, he won a $2.8 million <laughs> jackpot. You heard about this story? I think so. Yeah. So uh, he's all excited, as anybody would be, and he's going getting set to uh, bring the ticket to the lottery commission so he can get that huge check. And all of a sudden he realizes that he doesn't have it in his pocket because he went to do his laundry and he threw the pair of pants that had the lottery ticket into the laundry. And it's in the midst of the spin cycle. And this is when he remembers it. So he races back to this laundromat. And he yanks the pair of pants out. The, t the, um, 
the ticket is a little messed up. But the good news is the Lottery Commission did take the ticket. Uh, We found out this week that he will get his payment. And even though it was a little messed up from the spin cycle, uh, he is going to get his $2.8 million. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because that that's a real kick in the craw. That's yeah, yeah, terrible. It would be bad. Yeah. No, thank you. Sure. Have a good weekend. You too. And now you know the rest of the story. All right. We're going to do 15 seconds of fame momentarily. If you want to stay in touch with me over the weekend, you can do so. Frank.Morano at uh, RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. Uh, my thanks to... Tony Elias and Corralos, who have done a terrific job in Matt Blaze's absence the last few days. He took off to get a colonoscopy, and uh, we are eager to hear on Monday the results of that colonoscopy, how it uh, how it went. So uh, still 10 minutes left, you know, that we can screw things up, but so far it's been relatively, relatively good, I would say. That's why we got, we got pizza today. We uh, got pizza and figured we'd shut up some of these refrigerator critics and let them enjoy some pizza. Although, I'm, I'm appreciative of Corralos for going down to retrieve the pizza. Although, Omar, the doorman downstairs, the best doorman in America, was not offered any, which is uh, a big disappointment. He looked at me quite disappointed when I, when I came in. But what can you do? All right. <clears throat> We'll see if there's any left. We'll bring some down to him. 15 seconds of fame, straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Mixologists singing The Other Side of Midnight. Uh, Very, very honored that they've contributed that musical enhancement to our program. Uh, A couple of stories that I didn't get to today. Oh, you know what I I have to mention? Hey, uh, Tony, you're over the age of 30, right? Yes, I am. Uh, Elias, are you under the age of 30? Correct. Okay. Um, Tony, do you know who... Mr. Beast is. No, no, I don't. Okay, Elias, do you know who Mr. Beast is? I do. Okay, who is Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast is a YouTuber and kind of a philanthropist, and he funds a bunch of big 
hundred million dollar projects all so the time. I didn't know who this guy was until about two weeks ago because it was a big deal when he joined Twitter. Mr. Beast, 25 years old, real name Jimmy Donaldson, is one of the biggest things in the entire universe of content right now. And he's really a microcosm of how world the world has changed. He is on the cover of Time magazine this week. He has more than 200 million YouTube subscribers and over 400 million across all social media. He's ubiquitous for people under the age of 30. And he is a black box to almost everybody over the age of 30. And he's one of the biggest beneficiaries of this new media ecosystem in which individuals have replaced institutions as the gatekeepers. Mr. Beat's videos uh, can best be described as stuff an imaginative imaginative nine-year-old boy would try if he had like a gazillion dollars. That's the description in Time Magazine. Here he is explaining to Joe Rogan how he started his YouTube yeah, career. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been crazy because I've, I've been doing it since I was 11. And really? Now, yeah, so now I'm 23. And so it's just like basically every year it just gotten crazier and crazier. And I used to make a dollar a day back. Well, I, the first few years I wasn't even making money off YouTube. But once I started making money, I was making a dollar a day. And I saved up for a couple months. I bought a microphone, saved up for half a year. I got a computer. And I've just always reinvested it. And so it's like literally just all... I, I mean, I was like as awkward as they came. Uh, no money, no nothing, and I just basically just obsessed over YouTube every day for a decade. Oh. Uh, the very first video, um, weirdly enough, I, I played this stupid game, and some hacker like killed my base when I was eleven, and so I uploaded it. And my first video got twenty thousand views, like instantly, because it was like all the people that played the game was like, "Oh, shit, you can hack in this game." It's a game called Battle Pirates. I guarantee you, no one. Listens. What is it called? Battle Pirates. No one here has ever heard Battle of it. Battle Card. Battle Pirates. It was, ba- Battle Pirates. Uh, yeah, it was a really small game, but. So that's how he got started. So if you want to help me reach Mr. Beast level, you know, followings, you can find me on the YouTube. I think just search Frank Morano. I'm certainly on Facebook. Or you can search Morano Vision. That's the that's the account on the YouTube. I'm certainly on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Morano fan. Meantime. The other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame. Adam. Hello. Hello? Jack! Yeah, I see all these signs hanging from buildings in Brooklyn, you know, about migrants and and their humans. Well, since there's so many liberals in New York, why don't they be compassionate and take families in? You know, hypocrites! Anthony! I just want people not to forget that 15 of the 19 hijackers in September 11th attacks were from Saudi Arabia. Chew on that, uh, Johnny Depp. Sherman. Neil. Yeah, for the first time tonight, I'm listening to the show with my grandson, Ricky, and he slept through the whole show, Frank. You got to jazz it up. You're losing the youth audience. <laughs> Cheech. In the 1950s, Senator Joseph McCarthy was right, America. Look what our education system and colleges have produced. Fannie Willis is a result. Jose. Read Digiting Machine by Richard Blasberg and Twisted. Jay. Uh, we love bullies in this country. They run our businesses and they run all our construction sites. We love them. All right. That slams the lid on things for today. I'll be back on Monday, um, hopefully with some exciting stuff. Uh, We'll see. You want to stay in touch? I hope you do. 
Frank Morano, good day. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.